Super Bowl Sunday, there we go. Uh, I was uh, our, uh, one of our Bible fellowships, they brought Valentine cookies today, and they invited Pam and I to come in there and, and uh, had a Valentine cookie, and they tried to push more on me, and I said, you know, by the time this day's over, I will eat so much junk food that uh, I may as well just kept going. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, <clears throat> I hope you have your Bibles or devices with you today. We're going to be in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. 2 Timothy is a letter that was written by Paul to a young pastor by the name of Timothy. And uh, over the next seven weeks, we're going to be looking at uh, something called core values for us as a, as a congregation. And um, uh, it'll make more sense as we get into this. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to begin with verse 14 and just read to the end of the chapter. If you're new to the scriptures, welcome. So glad this is the book of life. This is our guidebook. This is our battle plan. And uh, it's all right here. And uh, it will be on the screen as well. So Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. But as for you, remember this is Paul to Timothy. But as for you, continue... In what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And uh, let me, I'm sorry, this is bugging me a little bit. Uh, I, I uh, shorted out the other one in the early service. Man, you better be ready for what's going to happen. Uh, that's for sure. You know, many of you are like me. You've uh, got glasses or contacts or something because you've had uh, sight problems. I've had uh, corrective lenses since I was in third grade. I remember going to a basketball game with my mom and brother, and, and uh, I said, what, what, uh, what time is it? And uh, your mom and my mom said uh, you can't see the clock, and uh, that led to the next thing I know I'm going to see an eye doctor, and the next thing I know I got glasses. So many of you have uh, a similar story, but I, I went to the eye doctor and uh, I encountered for the first time this, and uh, you know, first of all, a man has invaded my space. And then he puts this contraption over my face. And uh, I'm just thinking it's going to jab my eyes or something. That's what I'm thinking. But then he 
he tells me to look at the end of the office where there's a chart and it's got letters on the chart and uh, that's the standard. I'm to see that clearly. And so he puts that over my face and he, um, he begins to say, is it better now? Is it better now? Is it better A, better B? And, and uh, I, I always had this fear I was going to fail this test. <laughs> and, uh, and he would say, is it, is it A, is it B? And uh, I, would, I would guess, uh, I would say it's better. And then eventually, though, you, you figure out he's trying to give you lenses so that you can see the standard correctly. And so uh, 2020 is the uh, standard. Oh, I know some of you will say, I've got the eye of an eagle. Okay. Uh, 2020 is still the standard. And so we're, we're looking through these lenses. And so he's trying to get the perfect lens for me to see sight correctly. Now, the reason I share that is many of you work in businesses or you're through your school or, or through the church here. And we have what are called core values. Core values in life are those lenses that you look through to see the standard correctly. Everybody, believe it or not, has core values. Whether they're written down or not, you have certain core values in how you see life itself. And, and that's what you do. You look through those lenses. And many of you grew up in Christian homes, so you have a Christian worldview. So you the lens you look through are of that's part of your core values and how you see life. And we live in a day where uh, many core values are so skewed that we can't even, where is common sense gone, right? And so we see things as common sense, but we're not looking through the same lens as other people are looking through. So they see it a particular way. The reason I share this is we at Central have certain core values. Now, every church, every congregation would say, you know, we exist to glorify God. We exist for the Great Commission, which is to go into all the world and make disciples, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to command, uh, to obey all the commandments, and I'm with you always until the end of the earth. So we have the Great Commission. Then we have the Great Commandment, to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Every congregation would say that is uh, key and foundational to who they are. But you know as well as I do, you many of you have been in other congregations before, and there's a little bit of a difference. And I'm not talking about belief system. I'm just saying personality, uh, the diversity that exists because certain congregations see certain things through uh, lenses that uh, that are different maybe than what we see. And so over the next seven weeks, we're going to be talking about seven key core values that we have here, and uh, it's to instruct, but it's to inspire and give you the revelation of God. And the first core value 
that we're going to deal with is scriptural foundation. Everything we do, we look through the lens of scriptural foundation. And Paul has written this letter to Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor, and Paul is calling, uh, calling him out to encourage him and to tell him how foundational the scripture needs to be in your life. And Timothy was a biracial guy. His mom was Jewish. His dad was Greek. He had influence from both uh, in his life. However, his grandmother and his mother were very key in making sure he learned the scriptures. Now, we're talking about the Old Testament because the New Testament hadn't uh, come into existence yet. But that was his scriptural foundation. And that is what Paul said. Remember what you were taught as a kid and the foundation which led you to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Remember that because that is the key foundation of your life. And so for us here, we see the through the lens of a scriptural foundation. Now, I'm going to give you three key points that I think uh, I see in this passage. Number one is this. You can write this down. Is that the scriptures are a treasure map. A treasure map. And you may be thinking, how in the world do I get that out of this passage? But notice what uh, Paul is saying that the scripture that you've learned while you were young, that this scripture is what revealed to you and taught you to how to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So when we look at the scriptures, we've got to understand this is a revelation. Many of you read the scriptures for information or you read for motivation or inspiration and that's okay and you may read it perspiration I don't know it may work work it out in you but ultimately it's a revelation it's revelation of God to man to to allow us to understand that there is a God and that man is broken and that he God has sent a Savior in His Son, Jesus Christ. So it's an incredible treasure map that uh, God has put there. From Genesis through Revelation, we see that the fallenness of man, we see the sinfulness of man and the brokenness of man. And what happened is that God uh, instituted a group of people known as the Jews. And out of those Jews would come the Savior of the world who died on a cross, not just for the Jews, but for us Gentiles that are not Jewish, he died just uh, for us as well. And anybody who places their faith in Jesus Christ will have eternal life. And so this book, 66 books in one book, was written by at least 40 authors it was written over a span of 1,500 years. Grasp that. 40 different writers that didn't know each other, most of them, over a 1,500-year period. And yet the common theme of salvation for mankind is throughout. That leads me to think that there is a grand architect 
behind what has been written. So this is not just a book of leather and paper and ink or on your device, not just an app, but it is the living, breathing word of God. It's a treasure map to lead us to Christ. So we here at Central believe that everything we do, we ought to see through that lens of a scriptural foundation. Now, you will not hear anybody get up here and preach and bring USA Today uh, predominantly to teach from. I mean, I think it's vital that we know the news, and but yet this is the Word of God. It's relevant for today. And so every group you go to, uh, whatever Bible fellowship from our little ones on through, there will be a scriptural foundation that is there because we believe this is the treasure map to lead to a faith in Jesus Christ. Now, number two is this. I want you to write down a first edition. You know, a first edition is is that thing that came from the author and it came in such a way that you can't uh, question the validity. Notice what uh, Paul told Timothy in verse 16. He said, all scripture is breathed out by God. Now, what in the world does that mean? Your Bible may say inspired. Uh, it may say uh, uh, God breathed. And uh, the, the literal translation is the breath of God. So, what we look at in the scriptures is literally the breath of God, more than inspiration. Shakespeare was inspired to write all of his sonnets and plays and that kind of thing. Many people have been inspired to write books and songs and poems or whatever. The difference is, is that this is literally the author is God himself. And what he did was he was able to take 40 uh, people from various backgrounds using their personalities, using their strengths and weaknesses, and to be able to put together these 66 books that we have in front of us. And so hear me on this. If God wrote this through the power of his Holy Spirit, then I believe what I see in the scriptures and have experienced is that when I came to faith in Christ, his spirit came to dwell inside of me. Thus, I have the opportunity and the ability and the empowerment to read this word and know that I have the mind of Christ to understand it correctly. And so this scripture is a first edition. We don't have to wonder about uh, was there another author the author is God himself and we here see the scriptures as holy holy means set apart unlike any other so there is no other book you say what about the Quran what about uh, the writings of Buddha what about uh, just things that have been inspired what about Dr. Seuss was that not inspired Literally, this is it. This is the word of God, which has been given to us. 
Many have tried to question it, and, and this is what they're questioning. Um, Mark, do you really believe everything that's written in Scripture? Let, let me tell you, I believe it. I don't understand it. There's certain things I don't understand. I don't spend a lot of time in Leviticus. I'll be honest. And I'm reading it through right now. And I'm thinking, oh, brother. And, and when a Christian pulls something out of Leviticus to uh, address a common cultural uh, situation, I'm thinking, oh, have you read the whole thing? <laughs> Our clothes are mixed materials. I mean, so, okay, I, I got off. I got off to the Leviticus. So it's not a matter of the things I read that I don't understand, but there's so much I do understand that if I get into that, it's the rest of my life to, to get into. You understand? And so, yeah, there's some things I don't understand. I've been to seminary. I'm, I'm so glad that Brad is getting his doctorate so he can explain everything <laughs> to us. Dr. Brett. But it is a first edition. The last thing I want you to write down is this. It's a book of profit. P-R-O-F-I-T. Now, you may be thinking profits, P-R-O-P-A-T-T, and there are profits that have written that are in the scriptures. But this is a book of profit. Profit being beneficial, useful to you. Notice what Paul said in verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. Profitable. That means you, the more you immerse in it, the more benefit you get out of it. And so it is a book of profit. And he, notice he says there are four things that you're going to profit by immersing yourself in the Word of God. And I think we've lost this today. We're a biblically illiterate society today. And, and we have, I think what Nick said last week was so appropriate that, that you can listen to it and you can have, uh, he mentioned James Earl Jones and Snoop Dogg to read the scriptures to you. And you can go on version and, and you can get that. But we still live in a biblically illiterate society. And we have to get back to the word of God if it's a scriptural foundation that we, we see as a core value. But notice there's four things. And I want you to grit, get these. He said it's profitable for teaching. Now, many of you say, Mark, you preach from the Bible. Brett preaches from the Bible. Alan preaches from the Bible. Jared, everybody preaches from the Bible. Every class, they're preaching from the Bible. Yes, that's part of the teaching. But the teachings of the Scripture are so much deeper. The Spirit is going to lead us into all truth. So you can pick up the Bible. You don't need me to interpret it. You can pick up the scriptures yourself and see the teachings that is there. What does it teach? It teaches what is true and what is sound. In other words, it teaches what is right. The scriptures are absolute truth 
and they teach what is right. We live in a day of relative truth, right? Uh, all the world says, uh, I believe X, Y, Z. I believe X, Y, Z. And so there's this uh, uh, flavor out there that everybody's truth is the same. And this has got us in trouble as believers in Jesus Christ sometimes because people just cannot grasp that we believe in an ultimate authority in, our, in God who created everything. And we believe that. We believe that this is ultimate truth, is what is right. So it's profitable for teaching. Number two, it's profitable for reproof. Now, what is reproof? Uh, many of you uh, can think of times when your parents got on to you or, or somebody got on to you and you think, I was reproved uh, through that. And some of you, it took a, a swat to get your attention. And, but the literal reproof means this. It exposes error either personally or corporally. So when you read the Word of God and there, all of a sudden, God grabs your heart with something you read. It, it's almost like it comes out bold face on you and you feel a conviction of, your, of the Holy Spirit. That is the scripture being profitable to you to convict you, to get you in line. So teaching is what is right. Reproof is it teaches you what is wrong. Thirdly, it's for correction, and, and it's to restore, or is uh, the way I look at it is to right the ship. You, you, you know, the ship gets out of balance. It rights the ship so you can go correctly. So teaching is what is right. Reproof, it, it instructs us what is wrong. Correction, it, it, it instructs us how to get right. And then the last one is training in righteousness, which is how to stay right. So if you're looking at this, what Paul is saying is in these scriptures or it's truth, what is right. It also shares with you what is wrong, what you need to abstain from. And then it tells you how to get right. Ultimately, it points to a Savior in Jesus Christ where God ultimately revealed himself. And then fourthly, it helps you to stay right. It's that The word is sanctification or growth in your faith so that you can stay right. And I've discovered this. Many people say, well, Mark, do you think you can grow spiritually without the word of God? And I look back over my life, I look back at uh, other people's life, and I got to say that uh, I think you can become a good church member without the Word of God, but spiritually you cannot grow without the Word of God. And uh, the Holy Spirit is what grows you, but He uses the Word of God to do that. And, and I am an eternal adolescent when it comes to my faith because I ask God, why? So what? You're, you're, you're saying it's profitable uh, for all these things in my life. Uh, God inspired it. 
It's a first edition. It's a, a, it leads me to Jesus. So what? Why should that be a core value? And then Paul answers it in the scripture. He says in verse 17, that the man of God may be competent or complete, equipped for every good work. There's two things in the why there. He says that the man of God, those that have come to faith, may be competent or complete, whole, holistic, not uh, fractured, but we come as complete and whole before God. When we come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, what happens is, is that separation between us and God has now been removed because of what Jesus Christ did in our place. He stood in the gap because he gave his life for us. And so we can be complete as we read about Jesus, as we see what he's done, as these, I know I'm broken, I know I need a Savior, and I can be complete through my faith in Jesus Christ. So number one is so you can be complete. Number two is, is that there's this equipping that takes place. You're equipped to do what is right. You're equipped for every good work. God has an incredible mission for each of us. And he's continuously uh, developing us for good work. And I know some of you uh, are young in the faith. <coughs> some of you uh, have been a believer for a long time. I want you to know I love the Bible in that it uses people. It uses a teenager in Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It uses a little boy who had five loaves and two fish. It uses women who uh, followed Jesus and were at the empty tomb. It uses young men. It uses uh, senior adults. It uses from the womb to the tomb. And uh, he is equipping you for every good work. And he's still doing that today. And so you immerse yourself in the word of God. It introduces you to Jesus, to this wholeness and completeness. And then it's equipping you for every good work. It's a treasure map. And so when we look through our core values, we want to see everything through the lens of Scripture, knowing that it is revealed Christ, uh, ultimately His Holy Spirit will bring you to a point of convic conviction. But we want to lay out the Word of God. And then second of all, it's a first edition. We believe that God is the author and architect, so we want to look through that lens. When we look at our world, we want to have a, a Christian worldview that we see from God's Word. And then, last of all, we profit as a church when we look through the lens of the scriptures in all that we do. We're going to share six other core values with you, but you got to get right off the bat that scriptures are the key. Today, many of you will watch the Super Bowl. And uh, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're for the Chiefs or Eagles, uh, and some of you didn't know who was playing. 
And, uh, uh, but that's who's playing today. And right now, you can cut on your TV and watch all the buildup, and, and you can make prop bets. We were talking about some of the prop bets earlier, how long the national anthem is going to be, uh, who's going to win the coin toss, what color dress will Rihanna have on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's all prop bets that you can make for the Super Bowl. And, um, but here's the deal. Biggest game of the year. It will be a sellout. There will be fans there. They spent thousands of dollars just to go to the game. Uh, uh, Chris Stapleton's going to sing the uh, national anthem. Rihanna's going to do the halftime show. You're going to have the Chiefs and the Eagles. I mean, it's everything you could dream for as far as the day goes. But, you know, they're up a creek if they don't have a football. You, you think about it. These million-dollar uh, athletes, multimillion-dollar athletes, can show up for the big show, but if there's not a football it's not going to happen because, you see, the whole game revolves around that football. Uh, did, did it cross the line? Did they get a first down? Not that uh, other players ran that far, but did the ball get that far? Did the ball cross the goal line? When he kicked the ball, did it go through the uprights? The, did he fumble the ball? Did he catch the ball? Everything revolves around that ball. And, and here's the deal. You can have a church that's fully organized, fully functioning, got good worship, got good uh, parking lot, facilities, everything, may have great programs. But I'm telling you, if the scriptures aren't at the foundation, it's, it's not a church. It's worthless. And so we have to understand here as a congregation that we're going to look through the eyes of the scriptural foundation. And now for many of you, this is, uh, this is just a repeat. Uh, you're saying, Mark, this ought to be commonsensical. It's not in our day. It's not. And so we want to make sure that as a core value, going from now till Jesus comes back, is that we will have a scriptural foundation. And that is what is key. Now, what about your life? I'm wrapping up. What about your life? Is it based on a worldview that is scriptural? Or is it built on Fox News? Is it built on CNN? Is it built on any number of things, the media? puts in front of you Hollywood is that what the lens that you look at life are you going to let uh, some entertainer uh, be the one and how you see life or is yours built on a scriptural foundation of seeing life the way God intended it to be seen number one have you come to the point in your life where you realize you are broken, you're separated from God. And uh, many of us memorize the scripture from the day we were born, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would, would have eternal life, would never perish. And, and we want to hang on to that. But that's scripture. That is scripture. And somebody's going to say, well, uh, they don't believe in the scriptures. I, I, I think they say that because they don't know what's there. They don't know the prophet that comes to their life through that. 